Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. Today, I have Ryan Carruthers in the house. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this podcast. So am I. It's going to be awesome because there's quite a lot to Ryan, isn't there? Yeah, I, yeah there's, I've had quite a varied life. Uh, I'm one of those real weird people. If I get a really good idea, no matter how hard I try and shut it off, the back of my brain plans it out and just says you can do this you can do this you can do this and then the more and more I think about it the more and more I go down that path so yeah we're gonna have fun so where does that confidence come from I always get asked a tough question I always get asked that I think it comes from my my mum my mum is ridiculously confident and my dad's self-employed and he's always had a really really good work work ethic and I've I've got the best of both of their personalities. So thankfully I haven't got my mum's temper. She is a very small lady, but she's got the red hair, the green eyes, and it's like a potent combination. She's so fiery, but she's not scared of anything or anyone. And that belief has always been instilled in me as well. She's always, always said right from being small, she will never ever tell me off for speaking my mind if that's what I genuinely think. And that, that has caused some fun situations. But it's just, I've always had that support from both my mum and my dad, no matter what I wanted to do. And they've always just instilled that in me. And that's where it comes from, I think. That's great, though, to have that confidence, because most people have in their head, oh, you can't do this, it's not going to work. And, you know, they have that that voice inside. But you have the opposite. You're like, go for it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I've got a cheerleader up here I've got I always think it's like a lady who works in my co-working space said she thinks that everybody has a voice in their head once you give them a name and you give them a character actually it it just works and she was like who would you be and I'm like Harvey Specter from Suits 100% like Harvey Specter in my head 100% really good closer really confident and I wish I was as cool as him though well, I'm sure I'm sure Harvey thinks you are. So, ah, oh, I love you. <laughs> so, tell me, what is it? What is it you're doing at the moment, Ryan? So, at the minute, I have two companies. I have a company that I have had for many, many years that has evolved and has grown, and it is probably my greatest achievement. Uh, and that's a company called Betfair Trading Community. It's a community for people that want to trade on Betfair, and it has a software element to it. And it's a subscription membership business. And then alongside that, I have a business called the Membership Mastery, which is a membership for memberships. So it teaches people how to build, launch and scale a membership. So basically everything I've learned and made so many mistakes with Betfair Trading Community goes into the Membership Mastery. And that puts me in a really good position because I have a living, breathing membership. So I'm coming at it from a really real, true place and and that's what I'm doing at the moment and what was it you were doing before that 
Oh my gosh. Uh, so before that was property development alongside Betfair Trading Community. Um, and in the property world, I think the only thing I haven't tried is industrial. So a pretty broad spectrum. So lots of flips, HMOs, commercial to resi, all of that sort of thing. Yeah, so I got into property initially because I had a business called BetGreen, which was my first subscription-based business. It was a smaller version of Betfair Trading Community. And a competitor, I got this email from a competitor saying we would like to buy BetGreen for £70,000. And I ignored it because I thought it was a joke. I thought it was one of those emails that you get where it's like a long lost relative of, has left you <laughs> 400 million. Oh, amazing. All my prayers are answered. Now finally go buy that Ferrari. And um, they, these emails just kept coming and coming and coming. And I was like, oh, they're actually, they're real. And um, I thought, oh, let's have a go then. Let's sell this business because I could still trade and I never ever thought that Betfair was going to keep going. I never thought that this trading on Betfair was going to carry on. I always, and I still do think this, every year I think this is the year it's going to stop and it never does. But there is a lesson in there. And I think you never take anything for granted. And then you come at it from a different angle. And I offered on a property. I thought, I went to view this house. It was on the market, £100,000. It was in Lincoln. And I said, to the estate agent, I knew nothing about property. I knew nothing about much, to be honest. I said, I give you 70 grand in cash for it. I thought, I'm selling my business. I'm going to trade on Betfair anyway. I will probably pick up one to two of these houses with no mortgage every year for the next few years. And that will be my pension. If anything happens with Betfair, it happens. It happens. That sounds proper common, that. <laughs> and um, that will be it. I will do something else. I know I'm entrepreneurial and I know I need a different challenge. The agent said, yes. I was like, pardon? I beg your pardon? She was like, yeah, I think if you could do 70 grand cash and you could exchange a complete in 28 days, you'd have it. I was like, oh, um, don't know how long it's going to take to sell my business, but maybe we can sort this out. And um, fortunately, I met a businessman who was buying for his pension and he was basically stripping his company it was a cash cow he was stripping it paying his tax buying property outright cash and holding on to them for his pension and he said I'll give you 1500 pounds if you let me buy that property and I was like what you can do that oh here we go so I outsourced a lot of the heavy lifting with BetGreen I didn't sell BetGreen I put a stop to the sale and I started sourcing effectively. Didn't know it was called sourcing for this one gentleman. And uh, I said, do you want to buy any more? And he says, yeah, I want to buy loads more. So we bought a FU. He was going crazy with it all the time. But that was my education. I never, ever got greedy with it. So you're seeing here in property that people go, oh, find that JV partner and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, Never, ever, ever got greedy with it. Property's always been something that I've loved or wanted to get involved in. And that gave me the foothold into it. And I didn't need the money. I didn't need to say to this man, 
And I think if I had have said, give me 50% of the property, it would have been a no, it, no, he would have gone away. And I'd never, he never would have picked the phone up to me again. So I just said, give me a couple hundred pounds to find your property. But I want to get involved in the refurb. I want to get involved in the project management. What do you want to buy? He says, I don't care. He says, I really don't care, which is so strange. It, obviously, it had to work on a yield basis, et cetera, but he didn't mind what was bought. I learned so much and then after a, a couple of years of that I was still doing the Betfair stuff I was still trading on Betfair I was still building Betfair businesses and I created Betfair trading community which became everything that Bet Green wasn't and instead of just going do you know what let's take Bet Green let's change it let's pivot it and build it to be what you want it to be I decided to build it on a whole new domain name, a whole new everything, which actually, touch wood, it's the best thing I've ever done because it's the strongest domain name out there in this niche. And I also met an incredible, incredible guy called Kim Stones. And I said to Kim, I'll teach you how to trade on Betfair if you teach me HMOs. Because at this point, I'd learned a lot about property in such a short space of time. I wanted to do them myself. And Kim was like, no, nah, I, I don't do that. I'm not a gambler. And I said, what I do isn't gambling, it's trading. It's like the stock market. Um, and he said, well, I really like, I like how you've approached me. I like you. Where are you based? So based in Lincoln. And he's always come to Lincoln. He lives in Doncaster. Well, between Lincoln and Doncaster, no one would want to live in Doncaster. And um sorry if people from Doncaster are listening but they probably will agree with me and he came to see me and it became this bromance that formed this incredible business relationship where I learned so much from from Kim Kim is straight to the point there's a spade is a spade and I just learned so much from him and instead of him just saying to me I'll teach you said why don't me and you just have a go at this together and that's what we did so we started picking up hmos and we started doing flips and lots of different bits and bobs and just building on what i'd been doing anyway um and then we carried on and we carried on and we carried on and then we got into a bit of development and then it just kept evolving and evolving and evolving and um and then yeah up until very recently we were we were working together and i do you know what throughout everything that i've done that's been successful i've always had fun and that's my personality anyway. And people always look and think that I'm just having fun. But behind the scenes, I'm ridiculously analytical. And I'm ridiculously thoughtful. I'm thinking about stuff. I just find that I can get to the decision a lot quicker than most people, which sounds really arrogant. But it's, it, it isn't at all. I just find that my brain works at a ridiculous pace which is probably why I can trade on Betfair as well and I can understand the markets and that's what I was doing before the the Betfair and the uh, the membership stuff but it was running alongside all of that so how did it start how did what start the, the property Betfair. the Betfair oh mm. my gosh so the bet that's a really funny story as well so I was student, 18, university, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, but I was, when I was 16, I had a part-time job at Asda and I got on really well there. 
and they were always asking me, even at 16, 17, would I consider the management program that they've got? And I was just a student at sixth form. It's a part-time job. I wasn't really sure what to do. So I went to, I went to uni for, I'll study business because I've always been business-minded and I'd done various like entrepreneurial things, just like so many people listening to this. You know, all of the people listening to this will have done entrepreneurial things, sold sweets for more and blah, 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 blah. And I, uh, I was doing a business degree. And then... Um, we had this big gap on a Monday. It was a massive gap. It's like five hours, which is really strange. I, t- I never knew why the uni did that. I was in town anyway, in the centre of Lincoln, and one of my friends at university loved the roulette machine, which I thought was totally stupid, idiotic. I thought there's only one winner there, and it's the bookmaker. And I, just on a totally separate side note, I'm so glad that the government have made a decision to reduce the amount that people can actually bet on those because it solves so many, well, it's helped to solve so many things. Money laundering for a start, because people go in there, they'll put so much money into those machines, press two pound bet and then cash out and then go up to the terminal, go away from the terminal and then get clean money. It's ridiculous. And it also helps because they make those games so addictive and it's just horrendous. But I have always quite liked the horses, always. But I've always been very, very disciplined with it. And I was betting on horses to win only like a pound, two pound, 50p, very small stakes. But then I just threw up a ticket because my horse didn't win. And uh, I said, if only I could pick a horse to lose. And an elderly gentleman turned around and went, you can, mate, it's called Betfair. And I've had some... I've always, always had really good interactions with people. I will talk to anybody and everybody and people think I'm crazy. And sometimes I, it's like that old Jasper Carrot, you know, I will find the nutter on the bus. You know, I will find that crazy, crazy person that offered, offers me like hemorrhage, hemorrhage cream, no? sandwiches. That, will be me but every so often I will uncover a diamond in the rough that is what happened and I was like what's Betfair and he said Betfair is an exchange Betfair puts people together it's not a bookmaker I was like what and he said you can back horses to lose I was like wow okay skipped my last lecture I'm not bothering going to that what's this Betfair thing I've got to find out about it went home deposited my student loan into my account which might seem reckless but I only ever used a small percentage of it. And I had spreadsheets. I had data. I was watching the racing post. I was watching what was happening. I was piecing together all of the pieces of information that I was seeing. So if I saw a horse that went into the blocks that didn't quite look right, that also had previous statistical data that it didn't like that trap, it didn't like these horses. For me, and I never, ever, ever understood why I was my brain worked this way ever I never understood it until a lady that we both know Helen Chorley said to me I spoke at one of John Corey's events because he's ridiculous he understands your skills 
and I didn't understand this. I was young. I was like 18. Even going through trading for years, I never, ever, ever understood that I automatically protected the downside, which helped me so much in property and in business and in life. I just do it automatically. And she said to me, I would so employ you. Like She comes from investment banking. And I thought on the trading floor, she was like, no, 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 no. The way your brain works, you would be moving up quickly. And I just did that. I just started laying horses. And then I was quite good at it. And then I got better and better and better at it. And like I said to you before, I'm a real student of the game. No matter what game that is in, I've got to know everything. I've got to know it. It's like Paul Higgs says, inside, inside out. You've got to know everything inside, inside out. And I do that with everything. I'm so obsessive. I... I'm just a marketer at heart. You know, I see the world through somebody else's eyes and I get deep into that. And then it just started evolving. And I started realizing that the market moved and I could buy and sell on Betfair instead of just just betting effectively. And that was better for me. That was safer for me. That suited my personality. And then I have always played tennis to a decent level. So I, I wondered if I could take my skills to tennis took my skills to tennis I took my skills to football and was like oh wow Ryan this is actually really 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 good and I loved it I got paid to watch sport for a living like what what boy who's obsessed with sport would not want to do that but actually it, I had to I had to create rules for for this so my rules it's very similar to what you do in property you work out is that going to be profitable this is where i'm buying it at and i've got to buy it at that to make a to make a margin and this is where i'm getting out at and that's what i do with my with my trading and i advise all of my traders to do that because then people always think it's betting and it's really not it's trading i have a stop loss i have a profit percentage and even my members say but what happens if it goes above that well i don't care i'm out it's it's like you when you drive on a road that's 40 mile an hour why do you not break the 40 mile an hour speed limit because it's the rules and the consequences are grave for doing that you could injure somebody you could injure yourself you could and that's even at the worst element even just on the minor element you could you could go on one of those speed awareness courses if you get caught and they're not fun or you know they're the rules that's the rules for me that is the rules it's black and white I get in there and I get out there no matter what happens. And even when people say, oh, yeah, but no, 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 there's no yeah, but for me, the rules are the rules, which is strange because in life, I am so full of energy that I probably break loads of rules and I'm not bothered about speaking my mind. But when it comes to that, it's like, no, these are the rules. So I've always, always stuck to the rules. I've got in and out when I've said I'm going to. And it's just evolved from there. And the more and more I understand about it and the older I get, I actually learn more about myself. You know, it's only, Steve Jobs says, it's only by looking back can you connect the dots. And the older I get, actually I look back and I connect those dots and go, wow, like you learned this there, this there, this there, and you're piecing all of this together and you are becoming this person that you really like and you're you're really understanding your strengths and playing to those and understanding your weaknesses and 
then I'm very fortunate that I have an absolute diamond of a wife, like just allows me to be the person that I am, doesn't question that, but definitely questions me if I go off track and brings out the best in my personality. So that's how I got sort of started on on the Betfair, the Betfair world, really. So as a student, sort of 19, 20 year old, you weren't doing the normal sort of going out, getting drunk and silly stuff that you do at uni. Oh, well, (laughs) I did a lot of that, but usually at the weekend, because I actually went back to university to study physiotherapy. And um, that was intense, like the course was intense. And I was trading around that. And then I was the opposite of a student. I was going out the weekend, my friends would come up from from Lincoln to see me and I'd go out with some of my friends from university and um, yeah I made I was earning way too much money as a student on Betfair and I had a hell of a lot of fun with uh, with that with that money and All Saints took quite a lot of money clothing wise off me as well. So coming out of university what did you then do? So I left university because my father was ill uh my dad's my hero as well you know my work ethic comes from that man he was an ex-builder always been a been a subby and I grew up with that and that's again you know when you look back and you see these things that have happened in life that's why I really liked being on building sites that's why I liked interacting with the trade and I didn't find it difficult and still don't because I grew up around builders my dad's friends were builders the banter the way that I just understand them um and I I understand people and that just really really helps and my dad came home when I was little and said I'm not doing this anymore he says I'm not being a subby because or a contractor because that's three months of champagne and then two months of beer because that's the peak and the trough of the game and the industry and he said I'm gonna I'm going to be a window cleaner and literally quit building that day and then went door knocking to build this business, this window cleaning business, and then just kept building it and building it. And I saw that. And my mum was part of that business. You know, she runs the back of the office and still does. And he just, through sheer grit and determination, built this business. And then when I was 13, I was six foot. So he woke me up on a Saturday morning and um, his words, his exact words, oh, I won't repeat his exact words, but he said, you are tall enough to reach the top of the windows, you're coming with me. So when every other 13-year-old boy is sleeping till two o'clock, six o'clock, I'm up, I'm out in the freezing cold, dragging a wet bucket around, cleaning windows. But do you know what? Up until very recently, I still used to do that with my dad. And I know, and he even tried to pay me and every Saturday morning I used to go two three hours with my dad and I know there'll be a point in my life where he's not around and I'll look back and go god I'm so glad I did that and when he was ill there was no question you know my dad had put me through university as well he paid for my accommodation even though I was trading on Betfair even though I said to him dad don't he was like no I'm paying for your accommodation and um, I don't actually think he knew I was trading on Betfair, even though I told him I don't need your money. He wanted to do that. So when he was ill, it was like, yeah, dad, you just worry on 
you just focus on you. You focus on getting back to full health. I'm going to sort this out for you. And it was just, I just pieced it all together quite quickly. I walked into the, into his office and he had whiteboards with, with the rounds on. It was a window cleaning business and he had, he had a substantial business and he had people who worked for him, people who relied on him and they were all builders because when he needed a staff member, he'd go back to his mates and say, are you sick of, are you sick of building? Yeah. Do you know what? I don't see my kids for months on end. Well, my dad said, do you want to come and work for me? It's a better, it's a better lifestyle. We'll start early, but you finish early. You won't be able to take your kids to school, but you'll be able to pick them up. And they loved that. And then I made loads of mistakes with them uh, because I'm like, I'm young, I'm 21 and I'm full of energy and I'm green to business. Really? I've got all these ideas about where I want to take it. And I learned a hell of a lot about how to talk to people and how to understand people. And I've all just people are the greatest asset. People are business. Don't care. People don't do business with corporations or anything like that. They do business with you. You build a relationship with them. You know, their family, their, their wives, their boyfriends, their girlfriends, whatever it may be. And I just took that company and ran with it and started to look at what else we could do, not in a crazy way, but in a, where can we add additional revenue where we already are and not and in our skill set? So not doing things that we aren't good at, doing things that we are good at, doing things that we have capacity to do. So we were asked for like fascias and soffit cleaning, but we've already got all of the equipment to do that. And we've got the guys that want to do that because I got them all together and said, is there anybody who wants to do additional hours? Yeah, I, there is. I quite happily work till four instead of finishing at two because my girl's 16 and I want to buy her something for a 16 special. Okay, cool. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do some facials and soffits. Instead of referring that off to other companies that never gave us a kickback, well, would do initially and then wouldn't, and we built helped build their business because we had so many referrals, we brought that in-house and then started to build this out. We also started to look at why aren't we getting in with house builders? They're paying people to do builders cleans on the windows when two, three, four hundred developments have been finished. So two, three, four hundred houses are being built. Why aren't we doing that? We have capacity for that. It's already there. Why aren't we increasing the commercial element? You know, a lot of commercial is in one area. It's about getting more out of what have you out of what you've got. You know, if you're Sounds crazy, but if we go to a housing estate that's got a thousand houses on it and we're doing 200 of those houses, but they're dotted about two, three minutes in the car or walking to the next house adds up. Whereas commercial shop, 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 they're all next to each other. There's no downtime. So we started to get schools, we started to get shops, commercial, and all this kind of stuff. And I built all of that out and, uh, and that's, yeah, in a long-winded way, that's what I was doing um, sort of before that, after university. So just spotting opportunities. I mean, it looks like you you mentioned earlier about the selling sweets as, as a kid. So you've always just spotted that opportunity. Always seen the opportunity and always... My dad says I've always been obsessed with money, uh, always. And I'm not, I'm just obsessed with the opportunity. I just 
it's just that opportunity it's that buzz of seeing that opportunity and, and running with it and I think the older I get the more I understand about capacity and does that align with you does that align with the business is it something that is gonna you know enhance your life if not then no we're not going to do that but yeah spot that opportunity and then saying can we can we do that with the capacity that we've got and does it actually does it help because you know anyone can be a busy fool but what actually happens there it's like with the windows we didn't go and then do fascia soffits and then while we were up there go oh by the way the roof's broke we can clean the roof for you or replace some of your roof tiles which we're not specialists to do we could say to the customer you know the roof's broken we noticed it when we was up there here's a good roofer that roofer might have given us a bit of a kickback for getting them the job but spotting the opportunity and then working out is that actually aligned with what we've got and is it the best use of our time? Yeah, and I've always, always done that. It certainly does sound like you've always made the most of your time as well. There's no downtime for Ryan, is there? Well, no, but, well, there is and there isn't because I've always, me and Toby, who is a fantastic guest on this podcast, is a very, very good friend of mine and he said something to me that really, really resonated. And he said, he's always realized to be successful, he needed a high degree of flexibility. And that is me as well. And I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast, like Sarah Nasrallah, Jack Jiggins, who know me, who know that they might ring me and I'll be on the golf course. And it's a Tuesday afternoon. I very much go with the flow. So I may do a Monday and absolutely smash it and get 16 hours worth of work done in eight hours. And then on the Tuesday, I might do four or five hours and go, do you know that? what? I'm just going to go play golf now. And I learned from Tim Ferriss. He puts, he writes three things, big things that he wants to get done that day, done. Once he's done them, you know, if he carries on working, great. If not, he goes and enjoys it. And that's where... I'm I'm moving towards and I'm very 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 much pushing and as I, I mentioned the wife a big big driver for for me working so hard is to actually be able to spend time with her when when she finishes early or spend weekends with her you know you will not get me and this is one of the things I learned from Kim as well you will not get me after like 5 five thirty, and you will not get me on a weekend because he always said and I was very much of oh yeah but you know they I need to be on it I need to Kim was like what's the worst that's gonna happen mate it's like people will find a way what's the worst that's gonna happen what's the worst that's gonna happen mate and I learned that very quickly that actually what is gonna happen what is the worst that's gonna happen you know and I think it, when you take that approach to it as well we're entrepreneurs we have a job in our business and one of the jobs in our business is to find systems to build that do give you flexibility so that things can happen. And that's what I've always thought. And I've, well, I haven't always thought it. I learned it from Kim and other people. And now my flexibility is great that I would not change my life for anything. I absolutely love it. I love being able to play golf. I love the fact that 
I can spend 10, 20 minutes with the cat and nothing's really going to happen. That 20 minutes is probably an hour, but, um, but yeah, I just love having the flexibility. And you love your cats. They're gorgeous. I'm, so, I'm surprised we haven't seen one yet. <laughs> yeah. She's currently sat at my feet. She is looking lovingly at me. Oh, it's gorgeous. So that would be why you, you have these two businesses, which are hands off running whilst you, you don't have to actually be in them. Yeah, it's strange because the Betfair business, I read a book called Traction, which changed my life. And Traction taught me that I was wrong person, wrong seat in the Betfair business. You know, I am not the operational person. I am the person that will start this business. I am that person that will physically knock down every single door, get out of my way because I'm coming. And if you tell me no, or to contact you again in six months, you just, you're just showing a red rag to a bull. I will keep coming at you and coming at you and coming at you. And I will find a way to get to you. Um, so I've just, I, I'm that person. And I've learned that in business, you know, business has different stages and you are the guardian of that business. Yeah. Most things in life, you don't own them. You, you're just a guardian of that business. You're just a guardian of, of the cats. I look after the cats. They're not really mine. I look after them. I guard them. You know, it's just what happens in life and in business. And there comes a stage where you need to move aside or you need to move up. And that's what happened when we read Traction. We analyzed that as a team and went, oh, Ryan, you're, you should not be operations. You are, you've driven the business to this point, yes. But now you're you your sales and marketing. And we had another fantastic, I've got a fantastic, fantastic team with Betfair Training Community. And I love those guys. I work ridiculously well with those guys. And when we put them all in the right seat, it worked out that actually one of them was the integrator. I am that blue sky thinker. I am that coming up with ideas and then driving them to a point and then hand them off to the team to fully execute on them. And that's what happened. And then with the membership mastery, that is that I've been doing that for years, just years. People have been ringing me up saying, "Can you build us a membership site?" Friends, yeah, I'll do it for no money, and just just to see my friends succeed because I want to take people on this journey with me. And then actually, I realised I really, really, really love this because, as we've discussed on this podcast, I'm an entrepreneur. I've had various different businesses i've been involved in various different businesses but success leaves clues in business whether you're in one niche or another you can apply the same fundamentals to it but because of my nature because of my entrepreneurial spirit and my brain helping people build a membership website helps me as well because they come to me and say i've got this idea about a business i can get excited about that and and right now i'm quite hands on in that business and and this is the thing as well that I think that people don't always understand in business. Every single person wants to get to that passive income. Every single person wants to get to that dream lifestyle, that laptop lifestyle. But you've got to have a job in your business. Do you think Richard Branson has a job in his business? Yes. The only thing that he he does is he moves through these stages of business. You know, you start a business 
then you have a job at that stage in the business. So right now in the membership mastery, I've got a job. I'm doing the SEO. I'm doing the content. I'm doing the customer outreach. I'm doing the podcast interviews. I'm doing all of these things. I'm doing the customer support. I'm doing everything. That's my job in the business. But then when that business moves to the next stage, then some of those jobs will go to somebody else because I will move up the ladder. And I think that that is key. Don't try and get things outsourced. Don't try and get to a stage where you're not where you want to be, right? Or you're trying to rush to get to where you want to be because you'll end up, you won't build that business the right way. You know, there's a great, great book, Profit First, where there's an example in that book where two guys are working in this business, not getting paid for it, but they've got staff in that business being paid $60,000. Well, the question is, why are you, why? And the guy says, well, I need to scale my business. I need to grow my business. You can't grow your business if you're not being paid. So why? Well, I don't want to do those jobs. Well, I'm afraid you're going to have to do those jobs, to be honest. Like there is a point in your business where you're not going to do those jobs. But right now, you've got to do them. So the Betfair business is is very, very much I am managing a team. I spend a, a fair bit of time managing the sales and marketing and making sure that we're nudging that along the right way. But a lot of my time on that business is spent thinking and not a lot. And that's a great position to be at. And when I when you get to that stage, you are allowed to think of the business. You can see what the business is missing, what you're not doing. And that's where you can then execute and bring these great, great people in or drive different strategies. But then in the membership mastery, I am very much hands on deck. But you know what? I'm loving it. I love it so much. I think then, to, fair, fair enough, I, I did say it was hands off. What I meant to say is, is a, there's a degree of flexibility. There's a degree that you choose exactly how you determine your days. And, and that's where you've built it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And both those books, I'm just going to repeat them again, because Traction by Gino Wickman is a phenomenal book, as is Profit First by Michael McCallavich. Brilliant yeah. book. So both of those probably have sound like they've changed your life. Oh, yeah like traction traction changed my life 100% it's the book that i recommend to everybody i think if you if you build a business that way you won't go too far wrong and you can build it in in any niche in any industry i've done it in property i've used it for the betfair i've used it for the membership now and even if you're on a one man band even if it's just you I have a weekly meeting with myself right now on the membership. Uh, I have a weekly meeting with myself. And people must think I'm crazy. I, you know, I sit, I might bring the cat. She's present to a few of the meetings. But um, I, I literally speak it out loud. Where are we? What's the rocks? Where's the measurables, et cetera, et cetera. But that changed my life. And then profit first, just, oh, my God. Profit first is just an absolute game changer take your profit first start one percent build your way up and just keep going and going and it just it will put such a focus on your fixed your fixed costs that you know kim has always said cash flow is king cash flow is king 
And if you think that and then you work through profit first, you could build a ridiculously good business, you know, and it's just amazing how it works. And I've always wanted to pay down mortgages. Crazy, hey? Like a young guy not wanting to use debt to leverage and all of that stuff. Why? Less is more for me. And profit first allows you to build these capital reserves. You still get paid. You pay your bills on time. You take drawings from the company. It makes you think really flexibly. It's great. And then you can pay down your mortgages. And that has always been a key thing for me. I saw it. I met a guy who is a very, very, very good friend of mine now. Came to my wedding. I see him all the time. Quite a few years older than me. Um, And he had three pubs that he'd converted to student accommodation and a massive portfolio. And that's where I was like, why, why am I buying property, one HMO for 150 grand when I could buy a pub for 300 and I'll get 10 times the return on one building. And if I pay that building down and still get paid from that building long-term, delayed gratification, that is going to suit me so much better. So yeah, those two books are just absolutely incredible. And then there's one more as well, which is uh, Brad Lazarus gave me this book. It's called The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. I've got it on my desk right here. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. That book is incredible. Yeah. Everybody gets a book list when they spend time with me. And uh, <laughs> I, always, I always, every podcast has a, a book list added to it. And we can add on um, Mike Michalowicz's latest book, which is Fix This Now. Oh, yes, because I've finished <laughs> that. That's mega. There we go. <laughs> so, oh, it's, it's been amazing hearing your journey. And I've got a feeling that that what if moment is probably looking back to see whether you had taken that managerial role in Asda. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you know what? I think if I'd have taken it, I'd have got very sick of of it very, very quickly. And I was coming to a point in my life where I was actually becoming more and more independent, more and more outspoken and understood that I could not change I couldn't have changed the setup at Asda. I saw the way the managers were. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way that they conducted themselves and the way that the culture, I think that's a big thing. The culture was in that business and is in a lot of corporate businesses. So yeah, I'm I always say that I've my life is a very is a series of unfortunate events with my father being ill, et cetera, but it's led to a series of ridiculously fortunate ones. Um, and that's not even to do with money. That's just to do with happiness and where I am in my life. So you've created your own luck. Yes, I do think that you create your own luck. Again, something I got from Kim Stones. He says, you know, these people that say, oh, you're just lucky. No, you're the one that creates your own luck. You're the one that goes out when it's freezing cold and you're cleaning windows because people have let you down or, you know, you're going to move a tenant in or you're going to build furniture in your HMOs. I think up until it was probably three or four years in, I was still building all the IKEA furniture in the HMOs. Sarah, even the wife, came and helped me build the furniture. Um, 
you put yourself in the position you give yourself the best chance for success and you create your own look and when you do that it's just that's just ace and it is your your wife that you, you drives you as you say 100% 100% I've always had a ridiculous amount of drive and determination always it's always come it's always deep I have that internal motivation I never feel like I can't do anything but then when I met Sarah it just went up a gear and it just it just keeps going up and up and up and she is Sarah's a chartered accountant Sarah is the definition of my opposite in every single way she is introverted she is quiet she is not outspoken she is the loveliest person you will ever meet and then you've got me who is outspoken who is extroverted who will call you out and will not mind if I upset you and it just works just so so well and she also loves cats which although I did have to pester her every day when we moved into each in in with each other every single day I just asked her can we have a ginger cat can we have a ginger cat? Can we have a ginger cat? Can we have a ginger cat? And then she gave him. That's brilliant. It took me 20 years to decide my husband to get a dog. So yeah. <laughs> I know. In the end, there was a, about a second or two of weakness and I was out the door like a flash. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, re- I literally was. I came back. <laughs> I'd already spotted one. So I was sort of pestering him every day. I mean, oh my goodness. But we, we finally had our dog now for five years. So it's awesome. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, you just got to go for it, haven't you, in the end? Yes. It's been an absolute blast, Ryan. I can't believe the time has flown by. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you so much for inviting me to uh, to be on such a good podcast. It was so good. I can't believe how fast it's gone. Have you got a final message for the audience? Oh, God, just one's going to be difficult. Oh, you can list as many of you like then. <laughs> list as many as you want. Oh, I'm just going to go for it then. Create your own look. Less is more. Think think fast, but talk slow. Uh, and also think about the fact that life is only 30% events and 70% how you handle them. You are responsible for what happens. So no matter what is happening, whether it's in business or life, it's just an event. If you let that event drive your day, if you let that event drive your week, if you let that event drive your month, then it will get the better of you and it will delay you. It will make you miserable. It will just could ruin everything that you've built. Just realize that it's how you handle those events. And you are surrounded by a ridiculous amount of people that are good people and they will help you. So don't be afraid to just pick up the phone and say, can you help me with this? Because then it comes back to that event. If you're struggling with something, you handle that by, oh my God, what am I going to do? Or actually, I know someone who can help in this situation. I'll ring them up. Boom. That's just giving you clarity. You've learned, solved a problem, crack on, build a business build a life that's it thank you for listening to the focus on why podcast i'm amy rowlandson and if you've enjoyed this episode please leave me a five-star apple podcast review connect with me on linkedin instagram and facebook and become a member of my inspiring uplifting and positive focus on why facebook group i help people to focus on their why with clarity uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan 
to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.